Drew's not with us, at least not yet. We couldn't get a hold of him, so hopefully he is being productive. Um, welcome to How College Works. Today we have a guest. Guest, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Dr. Mary Ann Phillips, and I'm Vice President for Student Life at Cotty College. So, huh. what what is that? <laughs> what is a vice wow. What is a Vice President for Student Life? What is what What do you do? It depends on the day. <laughs> it depends on the hour. Well, me, let's start. Let's start big. Big. What is What is the role of the Vice President for Student Life? Really, the role for the Vice President of Student Life is to be an advocate for students and to oversee all of the areas, predominantly most of the areas outside of the academic realm. So the areas that I am responsible for include housing, counseling, health services, spiritual life and campus diversity, campus activities, tell me if I repeat something. Um, and competitive athletics. Oh, okay. I oversee the disciplinary system. Uh, I oversee new student orientation. I'm a member of the president's council, so I meet weekly with the other vice presidents, and I'm a direct report to the president of the college. So, I, I, one of the things I was thinking about while you're talking about is that so for our school, vice presidents are directly below the president. Correct. And and also manage a large area of the college sort of business or process or whatever it happens to be. So our boss, Melanie's boss, is the vice president of academic affairs. So everything academic they handle and since we teach, we are directly re report to them and right. they report to the president. The president. So if Melanie and I start leading some sort of faculty revolt yes. for something, then it's, the VPAA has to deal with that and then probably start getting chewed out by the president about like why Never. why is this always happening? <laughs> but that wouldn't be your problem unless it was a student revolt. Right, so if there was a student revolt, well, but not a but yes not an and. academic one, right? But it's like a student revolt. I would revolt. say yes and. I think and I hope and I feel like we operate this way that we reach across mm -hmm. because it's like a system there can be one drop over here, but it is going to send ripples out to all the other areas of the college. So naturally, I'm going to hear from students if the faculty go on revolt. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be a concern because then maybe classes aren't being held or, gosh, my professor is so grumpy this week. And, <laughs> you know, there could just be all kinds of different things. Or you'll have, you know, you all have uh, student workers in your various departments too, so... It's, we're, we're one big pond, and so when there's a pebble in one area, it might not be directly in my area, but oftentimes there will be those ripples that come out. And so I will, um, I hope, be thoughtfully and appropriately involved in a supportive way to care for students, and we're, and we're all here for the students. So I think that's what's great about a campus community is like, everybody's there for students. And so that's something we can all come around. We might have different ideas about how things should be done or this and that, but at the end of the day, we're all here for students. So if we can find a way to um, work with our colleagues in a manner that helps deliver the best education and experiences to our students, then that's what we want to do. Excellent, excellent. So should we break down some of your responsibilities a little, a little bit more finely grained? Sure. Um, so if you say student life, I would have assumed probably correctly though not fully correctly like uh, dorms and maybe like so at my all my undergrad we had like spring fest 
which mm -hmm. is something that was held Different at the activities. end of the spring, basically mm -hmm. end of the school year, and they're running like giant inflatable slides and what? stuff for like college students. And oh, we do something like that though. Of course. So That's like fun. some of these like activities for students mm -hmm. and also like running the dorms. Mm -hmm. um, so that's you, yes? Yes, well that's, yes. That's in the part area of, of that's student part. life, yes <laughs> and. Yes and. It's a part of, so um, the housing department is part of the area of student life and we have a director of housing, there are residence hall directors that are professional staff members that live in our residence halls. Then we hire student resident assistants and so those are the peers that will live that live among students in the residence halls. And they're there to help students adjust, to help them with problems, and to make sure that all the college housing policies are being followed, like no alcohol in your room, or hey, it's 2 a.m., you can't be that loud in a living community because people are trying to sleep because they have an 8 a.m. class in the morning. So all of the housing things are under student life. Sometimes roommates may have a conflict, so the hall staff would be there to help resolve those matters. If they were unable to do that, we might involve the counseling staff, which is another layer and another department under Student Life to help students resolve their matters or to go find a new place to live on campus, which is perfectly fine. Also, uh, housing directors and hall directors uh, generally operate, uh, in our kind of system anyway, uh, housing students based on the likelihood of their compatibility and we go for some diversity in our suites and sometimes that works out that hey I'm a good match with Melody to be for us to be roommates and sometimes like gosh she's a morning person I'm a night person we're disturbing each other and we would be better for each of us to go find different roommates in different places to live so we help facilitate those kinds of things so how, how do you match roommates I there must have been a survey I filled out or something when I went to college. Yeah. I don't remember it. I think they just stuck me with somebody. We worked it out. And there are different ways. I mean, um, social media has created new opportunities for the ways students can be housed. And sometimes students can even pick their own roommate. Um, at our institution, though, we have students, uh, after they make a deposit, fill out a housing application. And we ask them all kinds of questions. What kind of music do you like? Are you neat? Are you messy? What's your birth order, just for grins, and uh, all kinds of things, so that we try to find a likelihood of compatibility within a room. In our suites, we try to find a diversity. We're, we're a geographically uh, diverse community here, and so we try to find people from all over the U.S. and world to be in a suite, so we go for for difference there. So similarities within the, the room. That's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, that sounds like a lot of work. Sometimes we're good. Sometimes we're not. Mm -hmm. Well, what might look like a good match on paper might not be. Exactly. And that's what our director of housing always says. I've been playing with this paper all year long. And for some of you, I'm the genius who introduced you to your best friend. And for others, I'm the demented idiot that put you together as roommates. <laughs> Come and see me. We can fix this. Yeah. So. I'm not sure changing rooms ever presented as an option for me when I went to college. Maybe so you just, your roommate. you're just fine with it, or you like I mean, we were, we were fine with it, and, you know, in the second year, like, there was, 
the housing that you chose, and you chose at that uh-huh. point. But I, I, right. I don't, I don't remember any. Nobody had enough of an issue though that mm-hmm. they're willing to go to moved. our RA and our RD. I don't even know who made the decision. Mm-hmm. That's as much as sort of we were aware of so mm-hmm. the, the RA of the on the floor, the RD for the building. Right. But I know from firsthand experience that student life is not just about on-campus students because I had a concern about a student who technically is not living on campus this semester and I contacted student life and they were able to help me get into contact with that particular student. So that might not be true for every college. They might have commuter like people who might, but... I think by and large, I, I believe that uh, the way most colleges are structured, that every student is served by student life. Sometimes it's called student affairs mm-hmm. at other institutions. And sometimes that it also might be structured that enrollment management and admissions is part of student affairs, or sometimes it's called student services. Mm-hmm. And they're under one larger umbrella that covers a bit different than how we do it here at Cotty. So it can, de- it can depend. But all of our services in student life are for all students, whether whether you live on campus, whether you live off campus, whether you're part-time, whether you're traditional age, whether you're an older student, whether you're a working student. Uh, every student can take benefit of health services, counseling, campus activities. We want everybody to be involved in the events that we have going on on campus. We think it really helps create a more full and robust college experience. and. And our services through Student Life are also focused focused on student learning outcomes, just as the courses that you teach in your respective disciplines are. We are partners in that education of the whole student. So do you have like so when I on my syllabus and when I propose a class, I have student learning outcomes for that class. Um, do you have student learning outcomes? We do have student learning outcomes and have articulated those um, in the various departments that we have. And we also work with our um, institutional research department to work to have um, assessment. We're involved in the assessment process and determining, hey, are students learning in their residence hall experience what we want them to be learning? Or what might they be learning (laughs) vicariously that maybe are things we don't really want them to be getting involved in so much? So, yes, we do. So this this assessment is sort of like, I mean, in my class, it's like I I am tasked with teaching the material, introducing the material and teaching it and sort of guiding them through it. And I imagine there's similarities, but I, I would... Is it correct to think that you're not so much as book learning, but sort of life, life skills? Life learning. Yes. Experiential yeah. learning is a right. term we like to use a lot. Sure. Absolutely. So through participation, like I just came from an SGA, a student government association meeting today. That's another thing that I do. I'm a co-sponsor there. So we have elected student leaders that serve the campus community and are the voice of students on campus. and. Um, those students get that actual leadership experience and learn. Today we focused a lot on parliamentary procedure as part of how we will be doing, uh, running our meetings. There we go, Robert's Rules of Orders. And Peter's been recently elected as the parliamentarian for faculty. Yes. Well, this is great because one thing that I suggested, because we're just starting, this was our first Senate meeting today, 
and uh, both our president and our secretary bring experience with parliamentary procedure. Our parliamentarian does not. <laughs> so we'll be helping support her, but really finding um, ground of how do we want to operate our meetings. We want everybody to learn so that they understand when they go into another role, like you, as a faculty parliamentarian. But I suggested actually that um, they reach out to the Faculty Senate, mm -hmm. to Professor Burns, and I didn't know you were parliamentarian, so I'm gonna throw you in that loop now, to say, hey, how does the Faculty Senate run, and kind of what level of Robert's Rules do you all operate by, and what might your minutes look like? Because maybe we want to have a parallel process for ourselves. I thought that seemed like maybe a reasonable, yeah, a reasonable totally. idea, so, and a nice way for us to collaborate. Well, and teaching those professionalization skills or whatever, which professionalization is not a particular outcome, but it could fall under several of our outcomes. Absolutely. I mean, we are preparing our students to be learners, leaders, and citizens and to go out into careers and professions and grad school where they will need the skills that are often developed in tandem with and outside mm -hmm. of the classroom through actually doing and myself I'm there's there's no better teacher than life and you get out there and you get involved in things and you learn a lot that can really supplement the theories and learning that's taking place in the classroom so true sometimes it's difficult to find ways to draw those parallels but I digress a little bit. I mean, I love it when they do that because I teach a professional writing class and we have to write resumes and cover letters. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, hey, well, what do you participate in? Oh, I'm just president of this club. I'm like, you're just president. Right. You so, know, helping them make those connections in terms of, oh, but it seems to me that you're able to organize a small group of people and lead meetings mm -hmm. and, you know, act as a leader. And they're like, oh. <laughs> I never thought yeah. about that. <laughs> so sometimes they don't always see their activities mm -hmm. in student life until they are asked to make a direct connection mm -hmm. and then, then they're like, oh, I didn't know that. And I was like, that's why we... Well, I tried to. <laughs> I had SGA this morning. I said, so, one thing I just want to put a big umbrella out here. This is a learning and leadership development experience for you. So I want us to treat this whole process as a learning process and we're, we're all, including your co-sponsors, are going to learn and grow through what we do together this year and that's how we want to approach that. Right. And I'm sure they heard it today, but they might forget two years from now. This is true. Like, oh, I, it happens. So, under that umbrella of like learning and growing and, you know, becoming better or skilled, you know, individuals, mm -hmm. what's sort of a typical day like for you? It depends on the day. Like today I was getting ready to go to SGA and um, a faculty member called over to our office and said I'm bringing a student over and we weren't sure if she wanted to see me or down at the opposite end of our hall is our uh, counseling and health service staff. So my assistant uh, met them and uh, they wanted to, to get with a counselor. So. Uh, I love it when faculty members do that or when students do that and help other students come to the counseling office where they can get help and support. So um, to me that's just one of our most important uh, offices on campus and, and probably the most important collaboration across campus 
for in my eyes is always the health and safety of students, whether that's whether I'm collaborating with faculty, whether we're talking with the physical plant or the food service people, because we all see a lot of students and we all get to know students in different ways. And college is hard and <laughs> life is hard and there's a lot of adjustment. And I guarantee you no student comes to this campus without a bag of stuff. And sometimes the stuff gets just too big and they don't need to be hauling it around or it's getting in their way. And uh, like this is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And so we have a display out out front um, showing the number of students that, uh, based on our own research, would have contemplated suicide over the last year. So really helping students get involved. So they called me down to the office to get involved in a counseling session at the students and counselors request. So I popped down and did that. And uh, I'm in an art class. I told you about that. So that's kind of a a fun perk as an employee that we can each take a class so it's fun to be involved um, with students as their peer uh, I enjoy that and I think maybe students enjoy that also um, I'm in meetings a lot a lot of times for planning I'll be in planning meetings either at the uh, president's council level or maybe on the safety I serve with you on the safety committee right. here so we do those things together. Um, athletics, I spent a lot of time involved with the athletic staff. We've made a move to have four-year uh, competitive athletics at our institution, and so working with coaches about budgets and travel, and, and of course being available to every student and every staff member and faculty member who has a concern. If there's a concern that you have in doing your job or a concern about a student, I'm a person that you can come to. So hear that. You can go to somebody in student life, um, even if it's not the right place to go for a problem, I promise you they will know and they will connect you to who you need to talk to to get help and support because there isn't anything that's going to be shocking, there isn't anything that's going to be surprising, there isn't hardly anything that I haven't heard at some point in time and if there is it's new and different and we'll help you deal with that too now i'm curious but i don't think this is the time to ask what's the most shocking thing no. i don't think that's no. that's not good and it might be confidential that's another important part of um, what we do in student life we're we're dealing with people's lives and so we want to treat them um, with respect and a lot of what we do is confidential in nature. The, the Counseling and Health Services Office is absolutely confidential in nature and they don't share any information or your identity or that you're receiving services without your written permission unless they would be concerned for your immediate health and safety. Mm -hmm. And then they will reach out to others to help support you and keep you safe. So I mean certainly there have been times when I've reached out to you because mm -hmm. I've had a student like I am worried about this student yep, I right. think they you know are in a bad place and mm -hmm. could someone from student life just go, go check on at which point like I then walk away because and as I'm you say I'm so grateful for because I'm like I don't know how to deal with these things I just know that I'm worried and I'm so grateful to have somebody who is more trained and knows what to do or say because sometimes I'm like do you need a piece of candy I don't know what you know like I don't know how to handle some of those things so it's so nice to have someone on campus who 
knows how to do more than just like pat someone's shoulder, which is all I got. That's why the partnerships are so good. But you see, you see your students on a daily or multiple days a week basis, whereas I might not. Mm-hmm. So they're going to tell you, or you're going to see that there's a difference or there's a concern, and so that's that's what makes our partnership so uh, important and good for students. So. What does the athletic aspect, sort of, you talked about sort of, we, we have moved relatively, re- I mean, we have moved from being a two-year institution a few right. years ago now, like a little while ago from my right. perspective, to being a four-year institution, and had, you know, been in the process of shifting from the two-year athletic mm-hmm. division to the four-year athletic division. But in general, and when overseeing the athletics, like, from your vantage point, like what does that what does that mean? Like what is the input that you have? What is the what is what are the decisions that that you make? Or are you just a someone to bounce ideas off of and to offer advice? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> um, so I supervise the athletic director, and she supervises all of the coaches. Although ultimately that line all comes up to me. So. Um, I work with them on um, establishing the funding that they need for the basketball program, for the cross-country program. Uh, I make sure staying in compliance with your uh, association that you're in, and we're now in the NAIA, and it has a different set of rules than what the NJCAA, which was the athletic organization that we competed in as a two-year college. So we're having to learn all of their rules. I rely heavily on the athletic director to know those rules and make sure that her staff all knows those rules. But certainly I get involved if there's any question about that or concern about that and just keeping that as a focus. Uh, We've also um, have gone through, as I know you have too, a recent uh, rebranding initiative and uh, we came away with a great new athletic logo image that we really like and so we're happily uh, spending money and getting <laughs> getting new shirts and getting our bus wrapped with the new logo to have that uh, vi- visibility certainly we want visibility of the athletic program it helps bring visibility to the college as a whole and they're out on the road and going to other institutions Whereas we're in our offices and classes, oftentimes here we're not necessarily out there unless when you go to a professional conference. I know you're uh, talking about things that you're doing at Cotty, but our athletic teams is a way to really increase the visibility of the college. So kind of working on pushing all that initiative forward, making sure they have the resources that they need, uh, making sure that we have um, processes to care for our student athletes, athletic training is so important, uh, making sure that uh, coaches and trainers and, and everyone involved is familiar with concussion mm-hmm. protocols. That's, that's a huge initiative right now, not just for the NFL, but right. everywhere Everybody. else. And uh, so we wanna make sure that student athletes are getting their education, they're getting to class, they're getting what they need academically, they're getting a great experience participating in the sport that they love. Hopefully they're getting some money to do that as well, that they were able to um, help uh, partially pay for their education at least with an athletic scholarship. 
and that they stay healthy and, and happy through that process and walk out of here with the degree in their hand. So that's kind of how I work. If there's a, if there's a concern um, or a conflict, I might get involved with that, or at least I'm somebody that somebody can come and talk to, either a coach can come and talk to, a student can come and talk to, and I will work to try and bring together who I think needs to be brought to the table to resolve it. Excellent. I feel like she has a lot more work than I do. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are we oh feeling? Are we tired yet? Oh, yeah. and my phone number is published all over campus. I'm a co on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Oh, that's a fun but I do that, get to that, leave town. Not my job. Yeah. <laughs> but I have great other staff, and yeah. so that's what's right. wonderful. It's not. It's not just me. You. No, right. it's not just me. But my number's out there, and I yeah, I can holler at the director of housing and hey, there's a concern, and they'll holler at me. Hey, we have a concern over here. How do you want us to move forward with this? Mm -hmm. We have on call. I make sure that we have on call, 24-hour crisis response for mental health emergencies make sure we have all of those contracts in place with outside people to help supplement the services that we provide through our own staff. So There's some stuff going on outside my office. Oh. Which is and see, what we could do, you know, physics outside the classroom, we could come out and have you talk about how high the nets need to be that the balls don't go over. Currently, that answer is higher than they are. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Excellent. So, we, a lot of your job is dealing with, actually, your subordinates, your, the people that you're in charge of. Do you... I don't call them subordinates. What's that? Colleagues. Uh, col sorry, yeah, colleagues. Yeah, that's probably a little more diplomatic. I, I, <laughs> you're un my your team. minions. You're my team. <laughs> my team. So. I don't ask them to do anything I wouldn't do myself. If I had minions, I would probably ask them to do stuff I wouldn't but do. But what myself. about colleagues? <laughs> That's why I don't have minions. My colleagues, I don't have any. My colleagues, I have yeah. no control over. My colleagues are like herding cats. Truth. <laughs> so, how often do you interact with students? And you know, when you do, like, what are those interactions about? So, if a, if a student is coming to the you know vice president of student life, mm -hmm. why? Why might she come? Yeah. Or he come? Well. They might come because they're having a problem somewhere and they can't get it fixed and they're frustrated and they want to come and tell me about it. Mm -hmm. and, and that might be whether it's a problem in the classroom or a problem in the residence hall. Sometimes students will just come, come to a vice president for student life for that. And if that person can't help them get to the right spot to resolve it, or if they can't help them resolve it, they'll get them mm -hmm. to where they can. Um, a student might have a great idea Hey, 57 of us want to go to the show every Sunday night, but we don't have cars. What do you think about starting a shuttle service? Because that would be awesome. So they might bring an idea like that of a way that the college or university can maybe offer a new service or something that could help benefit students. Uh, they might come to me if they want to start a new student organization or save the whales or whatever that might be which is tough in the middle of Missouri but it could happen. You can still care about can, whales. That's right we can still care about whales. So they might come to me with ideas about starting a new student organization. Uh, the other constituency group that I do deal with some that we haven't talked about is parents. Mm. Ah. And I'll get calls from parents 
Um, and usually when I hear from a parent, it's that a parent is concerned about their student. Either, either that the student is struggling or they have had some experience on campus that isn't what the parent thinks that it should be and wanted to call it to our attention and, and or would like some action taken on, on a matter. So dealing with parents is another area that I do. So for me, if a parent calls me, I'm just like, please talk to my boss. Yeah. Uh, well, we kind I, of are the boss, though. Right. Well, and, well, I have a boss, too. Well, I <laughs> right. Just always run that up the chain farther. Um, but, you know, for... I try to solve it. Okay. I try to solve it. And actually, I'll get stuff the other direction. So my boss, the president, <laughs> might get a call, and they pass it down may to pass yeah. it down to me, because I'm going to have the more direct information. And so... I think that's part of my job also and so so listen prospective students and students when you're having a problem don't go marching straight to the president's office oh please no Change if it's a pre if it's a problem in your residence hall start with your resident assistant or your hall director work to get the matter resolved at the lowest level possible that's what we try to do and so that's what we want to teach and empower students to do as well because while while the president has open office hours, and that's fine, and our president loves to meet students and get to know them, if you go to her with a problem about health services, she's going to send you to me. Yeah, so, so and right and rightly so, because that's where you should start is with the people who have the most information and the most direct contact with whatever situation that is. So, we talked about that a little bit before in terms of having issues with professors mm -hmm. like don't go immediately to the president first you right. try to resolve it with, with the, the faculty member yeah. yes right. you, you have to make that step or yeah. at least because the president's going to send you back there anyway <laughs> right there, yeah but. now i will say there can be uh students can find themselves i mean we can all find ourselves in situations that are surprising uncomfortable and inappropriate and i think in those situations um if a person finds themselves in a situation and they feel like they're being sexually harassed and it's by the person who they would have the problem with, mm -hmm. in those kinds of situations, uh, I think certainly telling the person you're uncomfortable, stop. But if you're not comfortable doing that, you do need to go tell somebody that's else true. and get somebody else involved in that because that's a lot to ask any individual, much less maybe a new college freshman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm to deal with and sometimes people might um, it can be easy to sit there and second guess yourself and go oh am I making it too big of a deal about this there isn't anything about making too big of a deal about anything go and check it out with somebody if somebody in authority uh, hears you and can share their perspective on it and maybe there's been a miscommunication or misunderstanding and and in sharing that more with somebody else, you come to that for yourself, then that's good. But don't just sit on something and think you've got to deal with it by yourself. That is just not the case at all. There's always someone uh, in your immediate environment or within your, within your school and college to help you with it, whatever that might be. Excellent. That kind of dovetails into like my next question, which is, is there advice that you would have for students that are going to co be going in to talk to 
a student life, vice president of student life, or a student life representative? Like, what is it that they should keep in mind when they come in? Uh, or is there anything in particular they need to keep in mind? Or should they just come in and unload their sorrows and, and unburden their soul, and then things happen? Magic, poof, yeah. we got it fixed. Uh, well, I think, um, you know, I don't think there is anything in particular you need to keep in mind, other than that, those professionals are there to help you. And um, my hope is that you will be treated in a respectful, non-judgmental manner. I think you should go in with that expectation that that's what's going to happen. That that individual is going to want to sincerely hear what's going on with you and they're going to care what is happening to you and they're going to be knowledgeable about um, situations that they've been involved in or other students have been involved in that they have helped with that might be of benefit to you and they may share that information with you, um, you should, I guess, be prepared for them to ask, well, what have you done, or how, did, how would you like to see this matter resolved? Because sometimes people will bring you something and give it to you, but you really don't know what, do you want what it is they want you to do. So I think be prepared to say, well, my hope would be that um, I could end up in a different class. I don't feel like I can just continue with this professor, I feel like there have been so many incidents. It's just a, a classroom climate that I'm not currently feeling comfortable returning to. So I'm looking to you, I'm coming to you to say, what can we do? I need this class, uh, but I'm not comfortable going back in this classroom with this professor, so I need your help with resolving this. So I think be prepared, not that you need to have the solution, you certainly do not, and maybe you don't have any idea and you just don't know. And then I think you should go in with the idea that you're going to go trust this person with what's going on. You're going to be candid, you're going to be honest, and you're going to be heard, listened to, and respected, and that you're going to get some help. And if you don't, that person has a boss. So. Do students ever come in with uh, possible solutions that are just totally not a solution? <laughs> Like, for example, that particular scenario you were talking about, like, oh, I just can't be in class with this professor. Can I switch classes? That seems totally reasonable. But to be like, well, can't I just have an A on this class and not have to worry about it? Not a reasonable solution. <laughs> right. right. So, some, I mean, so maybe I would say, not that I'm the one answering this question, but, you know, also reasonable, logical oh. solutions. It's like, well, can't you just give me a degree because I'm having a hard time now? Right. No, I mean, there are... There are um, requirements, there are policies, there are other people to consider when making a decision to resolve a matter. And so sometimes students and others might have an idea for a solution that isn't a workable or reasonable solution. So I would hope that the professional hearing that is able to talk with you about um, that, you, that they appreciate you know you're thinking about this and clearly you're working to find a solution here's some of the concerns I have about this and this is why I would not be able to make that happen for you however 
here's what I can do. Here's what I can do. Or I really think you go, need to go and talk to the Vice President for Academic Affairs. Have you consulted with your advisor? Mm -hmm. And what have they shared with you about this matter? So, yeah. Just curious. I think one area, and I don't know if you've talked about student disability services. We have. Um, awesome. Stephanie McGee has been in here. Perfect. Because that's an area that's completely different than high school. So yeah. I would say if you're a student uh, who has received accommodations in high school, really become familiar with how college works on that because it's a completely different process. So your your uh, EAP, not EAP, I don't IEP. remember the link. IEP, thank you. Your IEP is not sufficient documentation for you to receive accommodations at the collegiate level. No. So apparently no. you've gotten some questions and concerns about I used to be the coordinator of student disabilities. Oh, so, so, used to be so sometimes that's under, no, it, I was it. You were just. And yes, it was an, and yes, it, I was it in part of my role as a yes and, <laughs> and then one of my counselors was it under the student life umbrella. So yeah, that rests different places yeah. in different institutions, so. Huh. It just makes sense for it to be under academic affairs because it's just that's where it is here. But I can also mm -hmm. see how it could be under. Well, our counselor was a certified rehabilitation counselor by training, so she worked in the quote real world with persons mm -hmm. with disabilities with regard to their employment. So. Oh, okay. Well, one of the things that came out there is that you know if you have an IEP, then there's a different process here, but. Our standard for accommodation is also different, so mm -hmm. you may not have qualified for That's an true. IEP under, you know, K twelve education, mm -hmm. and you can actually he, at the collegiate level. So it's worth checking into if you're like the I'm having trouble. The laws are changing and being yeah. tested, and all the time. So yeah, let's definitely go check it out. If you have any question, go visit the coordinator of student disability services at your institution before you enroll and find yeah. out what's available. Because yeah. that documentation is helpful to have um, before you get here or even the first day because yeah. I had students who were late getting their um, accommodation paperwork in and we had already taken the first test mm -hmm. before that came through. So they didn't get the benefit of that. Right. And mm -hmm. I'm like, that is, I'm I sorry. Can't, I can't do it. Right. right. I'm not allowed. You, know, you can't take the test over, you know. But so planning and thinking ahead, it's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing. So it sounds like, in general, student life is there to help. Yes. Yeah. You, know, you just go in, ask them, there is no shame or stigma nope. associated with doing it, and that if it's something that is outside of a classroom, it's probably a student life issue. Probably so. Probably so. I just wanted to say one more thing about counseling services, mm -hmm. and that's that those are available, as far as I know, on almost all, if not every college campus. Um, some have different arrangements. Um, you can get so many sessions for free and then maybe pay for some after. Our students are very lucky in that they don't have to pay. Okay. Um, but I... I actually went to counseling in graduate school, which is not unheard of. <laughs> and I was like, wow, why didn't I do this for myself sooner? Mm -hmm. Right? It was just something that really helped me. Way to go. Sorry. Um, and 
I think students are afraid of it kind of at first. They don't know what counseling's about or they're not <laughs> sure that it's they're different. Well, I'm not, I don't really need counseling. I'm like, do you like people to listen to you, you know, and maybe give you their perspective? That's kind of, it's very helpful. Mm -hmm. So I recommend it to students and to not be afraid of it and to give it a try. And if it's not your thing, then it's not your thing. But I think, you know, mm -hmm. if you're having some trouble coping or it's feeling overwhelmed, it's really, and most of the time it's free, at least for the first few. Right. So I, you, I nothing spent, to lose but an hour. Spent three, I spent three years in graduate school in a thesis uh, dissertation support group. Yeah. Which yeah, was run through the counseling cool. office. So I... It makes it sound like we hugged and cried over our thesis. I mean, there was probably crying. <laughs> but, you know, basically just talking about our process and what we did that week. Mm -hmm. So once a week for mm -hmm, basically yeah. three years, talked about. Probably helped everybody get done. Yeah, yeah it, did. it really did. It really yeah. did. Uh, and on that note, next time we'll be talking with one of our counselors. Oh, hey. Oh. Nice transition. Well, so I'll talk about Who are you talking part. to? Gina. Sweet. Yeah, I don't know. I just, because we're talking about all the things that student life has to offer, and that's just one of them that I just, I can't say enough positive things about. Yeah, Thank you. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Well, and like I said, it's so nice to have someone on campus who can, like, help me help students, because mm -hmm. I don't always know. Mm -hmm. I know that's... No, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah there's, there's times when a student comes in and you're like, I do not have the skill set or tools right. to deal with this. It takes a village. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well... Thank you, everybody. It's, it's oh, you're been... welcome. Well, thanks for inviting me. It was fun. You're welcome. Listeners, if you have a question for me, you can reach me on Twitter. I'm doctor, at Dr. Highland, D-O-C-T-O-R-H-Y-L-A-N-D, or something longer, you can reach me on email, peter.o.highland, H-Y-L-A-N-D, at gmail.com. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.